Hello and welcome to Box Office Receipts. I am your host, Al Callahan, and Hollywood is keeping itself busy after news of the Warner Media Discovery merger. Let's start off with the typical weekend top five. In first place again for the second weekend in a row is Spiral with 4.55 million for a total of 15.8 million. In second place, Wrath of Man with 2.9 million for a total of 18.8 million. In third place is Those Who Wish Me Dead with 1.8 million for a total of 5.5 million. Fourth place is Raya and the Last Dragon with 1.66 million for a total of 48.3 million. Lastly, in fifth place is Godzilla vs. Kong with 1.43 million for a total of 96.9 million. So Spiral did not hold well at all, but to be fair, horror movies usually have big drops from their first weekend. The issue for Spiral, though, is its opening weekend was not big. Those Who Wish Me Dead had a decent drop compared to its opening weekend, but that's only because it was very low to begin with. At this rate, it will not even pass 10 million domestic. Riot and the Last Dragon is chugging along, and even gain 90 theaters this weekend, for only a 2% drop. With this, it looks like it will just barely pass 50 million domestic, which, if it does a firmware year on out, would be impressive because the movie is available on Blu-ray and digital stores. So people do not need to go to a theater or have Disney Plus to watch it. Godzilla vs. Kong is crawling to 100 million. Will it get there? Uh, if it can still make just over a million per weekend for the next two or three weekends, plus the dailies in between, it can do it. Also, Demon Slayer made news again this week with domestically hitting 44.9 million. Why is this significant? Well, because it has passed Pokemon 2000 to become the second highest grossing anime movie in America, with number one obviously being the first Pokemon movie. Now, it will not be that because it is at 85.7 million, but still, Pokemon 2000 was in second place for 20 years. It's crazy. Taking a look at China, we got some F9 numbers and they are um, uh, not great. So F9 did come in first place with 137 million. In second place was a new romance movie called Love Will Tear Us Apart with 15.1 million, but it also made 15 million on its actual release a day before on Thursday, so it's at 30 million. In third place was Cliff Walkers with 5.1 million for a total of 164 million. And in fourth place was a re release of the Japanese movie Love Letter with 4.1 million. So yeah, F9 did not do great. And let's compare it to its last mainline entry of the franchise, Fate of the Furies, which came out in 2017. It had an opening weekend of 191 million and finished its run with 392 million. For F9, analysts are projecting it will finish around 200 to 220 million. So yeah, that's a big drop. That's almost half. What is not helping is the poor reception the movie is getting. For a franchise that is mostly loved in China, moviegoers are not liking this one with F9 getting a 5.6 out of 10 on Doban. This also could be an early indication of possible poor reception in America as well, but we will not know until next month. So while Universal will still enjoy F9 being one of the biggest movies of the year, because look, Unless it straight up collapses around the world, it is looking at 500 million worldwide at least. This could be a sign that the franchise crazier and crazier antics is starting to turn people off. Overall internationally, F9 opened to 163 million, as it did open in other countries as well. While that number does look slightly better, what's important now is its likes. Peter Rabbit 2 finally premiered in the UK and made 6.4 million doing so, with a worldwide total of 30.2 million. Wrath of Man is now at 52.2 million worldwide. Mortal Kombat is at 79.7 million, Godzilla vs. Kong is at 432 million, and Raya and the Last Dragon is at 109.2 million. This is happening really quick, 
But it has been announced that A Quiet Place Part 2 will be released in China on May 28th. So as of this recording, less than a few days from now. Uh, not sure how big the marketing will be for it due to its quick release, or maybe Paramount is hoping the great reviews can help it. Curious to see how it does. For new trailers this week, we got one big one, and that is the teaser trailer for The Eternals. Not too much was shown, but it does look different for an MCU movie. I know it won't happen, but I would love if the trailer was accurate in that this was a slower superhero movie. With the cinematography, it is going for what looks like a slower drama movie with just superheroes. But look, I know it's a Marvel movie. There's going to be nice fight scenes and probably a bombastic third act. But a man can dream. While Paramount has been locking up some famous actors and their production companies, Warner Media has locked up one of their own with Robert Pattinson. He has signed a first look deal for basically everything Warner Brothers Studios, HBO Max, New Line, and even Warner Brothers TV. Now, I should note, this is not for acting first, but instead producing content. He may star in some of it, but this deal does not bar him from acting in other movies from other studios. Just if he is looking to produce something, he has to go to Warner Media first. Here's what Mr. Pattinson had to say about the deal. Quote, Warner Brother Pictures and HBO have always been synonymous with groundbreaking filmmaking. I'm thrilled to be working with them to discover the most exciting new voices in film and television and help bring their visions to life. I've loved working with the studio over the years and have so much respect for their dedication, their willingness to take chances, and their desire to push the envelope creatively. End quote. Overall, this is an interesting deal for Patterson as he has not really been a producer before, but I take it he has some good ideas. For Warner Media, or more specifically Warner Brothers, this is a great deal. You have your next Batman was also becoming a bigger actor overall and now one you keep him happy with the deal which means a better relationship with him and ideally this means he can headline some of your movies but then if he can also produce some good content then even better it's a win-win overall now let's talk about exclusivity windows what are those well i don't know because they don't seem to exist anymore or to at least a universal so last year universal as we all know made the bold move to piss off theaters with trolls world tour only to then work out deals with everyone and by now we all know how it goes 17 days uh, theater minimum exclusivity, possibly 30 days or more, depending on how much it makes, and then it goes to PVOD. Sounds fair to everyone, right? Well, Universal just said F that. Yep, they're now breaking the deals they just made, but no, 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 not for F9, but The Boss Baby 2. Yep, being moved up from its September release, The Boss Baby Family Business will now be coming to theaters July 2nd, and not on PVOD, but on Peacock as well on the same day. Now, this does not mean the movie is free. If you are signed up for the service, you do need to pay for one of the premium tiers to watch the movie. Now, Variety is saying this is not a new way for Universal to release movies going forward, but more of a one-time thing to get more people paying for the service before the Olympics later in July. Now, I'm of two minds of this. First, congrats to NBC Universal on finally realizing you need to put some effort into getting people to pay for your service, and that this is one way to do it. While not a big name movie, right? This isn't a uh, Shrek 5 or, you know, an F9. Um, the first one did make half a billion dollars a few years ago for DreamWorks, so people did like it. Also, having this promoted big to get people to sign up and watch the Olympics is a smart move. However, the fact that once again they do kind of screw over theater owners. Clearly for them, they very much believe in doing whatever you need to do and ask for forgiveness later because they clearly are not asking for approval. And I guess you can make the case they don't need to, it's their movie. But it does kind of show, like, contracts kind of mean nothing. Basically, I mean, I, look, I haven't seen the deal myself. I don't know, maybe there's a loophole legally that allows them to do it, right? It's like, oh, it's not going to PVOD, it's going to streaming, so it's okay. Maybe, I don't know. But if I was a theater owner, 
you kind of just have to take it at this point because what are you going to do? Not show their movies? They're finally bringing out their big, big guns with F9. But then you also have to realize, like, any future deals you make with Universal kind of mean nothing. Still, it'll be interesting to see the box office numbers for this and if the company brags about any successful sign-ups or not. Speaking of theaters, if you are planning to start going back, it should be noted that they are now starting to drop the mask requirement. Regal has changed their policy to only needing to wear a mask if the local government requires it. If local or state government has dropped its mask mandate, then theaters in those areas do not have it. I would assume AMC and Cinemark will follow the same steps soon. While I will still be wearing a mask for the next few weeks whenever I go to a theater, I do understand why they're doing this. Their money making, as we all know, is in concessions, and that is hard to sell when you need to keep a mask on at all times. So with no requirement for masks when possible, it'll be easier for people to buy drinks and snacks, which will help Regal rebound with more income. Warner Brothers has found their new Willy Wonka, and that is Timothy Chalamet. I assume I am pronouncing that name somewhat wrong. Uh, Deadline has the exclusive on this, and he is playing the title role in a movie about Wonka's adventures before opening the Chocolate Factory. This will also apparently be uh, partially musical, with the article talking about how there will be numerous singing and dancing sequences. The movie also has a director with Paul King. You would know him from the Paddington movies. So, not a bad pick. Uh, I think the casting's great. He's a great actor. Uh, the issue here is the story. If you're doing a prequel movie about Willy Wonka, of all people, it's gotta be a good story to tell because, you know, I've seen the reactions online. People are not even sure why this movie exists in the first place, so Warner Brothers has some work to do. Okay, kicking off VOD Premium. Disney is continuing their expansion of Star Plus, with them launching it in Latin America on August 31st. Now, while I believe in Europe, Star was just included in Disney Plus, this will be a separate streaming service for Latin America. However, there will be a bundle with Disney Plus option available. Not much to say here, just noting that Disney is doing what Disney is doing for their streaming services. Now, let's talk about the final story, which is a confirmation of what we talked about last week. It is now official. Amazon will be buying MGM for $8.45 billion. As for what happens with MGM right now, it's not clear yet, but it looks like it will be uh, complementing Amazon Studios. So there will be two separate studios, overall though, owned by Amazon. Now obviously the biggest IP here is Bond, but now only Amazon has like half of it. The issue with Bond is MGM only financed and distributed the movies and made money off of that. It is Eon Productions, run by the Brocolis, that really own it. They determine who plays Bond, produce the movies, and even have final sand marketing. So now Amazon will have to be careful in trying to work with them. They basically bought the right to work with them on Bond going forward, but they don't decide what happens with Bond. Who knows, maybe MGM executives who have been there can help hash out what happens to the character and the franchise going forward. But from this deal, that is the most interesting thing to watch. Obviously, Creed is still an active franchise, and they could reboot franchises like The Pink Panther and Robocop. But besides Bond, they do get 4,000 movies, and 17,000 TV shows to add to Prime Video, so they are getting a lot of content to fill their back catalog. And that'll be it for this week's episode of Box Office Receipts. Question for the episode is, what do you think will happen with Bond now that Amazon is involved? Let me know on Facebook. Link to the page is in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and see you next time.